what's going on, hockey fans, and welcome to episode number 83 of Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast. Recording here on Tuesday, was it June 28th? Yeah, June 28th. Yeah, that's it. 2022. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, and uh, well, guys, the season is finally over. It's all over, for now anyways, but... But there's still plenty of talk to talk about. So, um, you know, was that in response to your uh, your picks from last week? Yes, <laughs> I'm Jason sad. Save on the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And that genius on the soundboard is <laughs> is our producer. This is your fault because you got me invested in this shit. I so know. I don't want to hear this about is it. Great. This, this is, is so not great. great. It's not great. I sat there depressed. After Why? the game. Why is that day the save? Well, because I knew you two drumsticks made the the right pick. <laughs> well, it's but it's like I told you, it's you're, you're the young Jedi of all this. It's a it's a learning process. You both went, you know, Colorado in six. I remember that. We did. I know. We absolutely did, you know, but you know, you still didn't do too bad though no, for a rookie. Uh, you know? No. I'll give you that. I picked Tampa Bay way back. Yeah. Oh hey. I said seven way back, I think. I think you did. Well, yep. I think well, you did. Hopefully, Dave, you had some ice cream to make you feel better. I did not. <laughs> what? You ate them all? <laughs> yeah, of course. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, one day they caught me unconscious with a drumstick drooling out of the corner of my mouth. <laughs> That's why we have an EMT doing the show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. I got the Scott. I got the text from Scott that he goes, well, I just got to tune into game six because I was out on an, on an ambulance call. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, Oh my God, I'm missing it. I'm missing it. (laughs) He almost got called here at about 1030 at night. (laughs) Yeah. But the game would have been over by then. It would have been all right. No, I would, <laughs> watching the cup go somewhere else. Yeah. Wait a second. Who, who's, what address is that? Oh, he could wait. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, he's unemployed. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Drew, what's going on? Well, you know, who would have called Colorado in six? We did. Yeah. <laughs> Not Dave, For though. about three quarters of the season in. And you know what? We talked about Kemper. He was... Adequate. That's a good <laughs> yeah. way to put it, actually. That's a good word. Yeah. That it is actually a good way to put it. And the, the goal that he gave up he gave up in game seven, that was on Makar. You mean game it was six? A horrible turnover. It, yeah, he meant right game in six. front of the crease. Right. Right. You're, right. So it, you're talking it about wasn't his fault. Oh, I thought you were talking about the headman goal on the backhand. No, I was talking about the Stamkos goal in Game Seven, the first one. You mean Game Six? Oh and yeah. That's why you're screwing me up. I'm like, wait a second, where, where's yeah. he going with this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. It was a terrible turnover. There's and you yeah. you can't make those kind of turnovers with Stephen Stamkos standing there. You just can't do that. He's the captain. He has so much experience. He's leading that team that's won two in a row. Like they. It was a horrendous turnover. And it was funny because of like our text chain, like when we were talking about like I I thought Colorado would go wire to wire in game right. six. Right. Well, and you know what though? Like, you, you just reminded me too with that text chain. Not only is Dave depressed, our cousin Chad's depressed too. <laughs> he wanted game seven in the worst way. 
He wanted one more Wait game to gamble I, on. I thought he was listening to you guys for his betting choices. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> so he, well, he shouldn't have expected a game seven. You know what the best part is when he doesn't listen to us and we're right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, just to, to, to touch on that with Darcy Kemper real quick, you know, you're right. He was adequate. There were some saves that he definitely, definitely should have had. Make no mistake yeah. about it. Like I said, when he gave up that, that headman goal on the backhand from the faceoff circle, I went, uh-oh. Oh, boy. This is come crashing back to earth. Welcome back to earth, you know. But, hey, listen, he got the job done. And, you know, people don't realize, too, is you don't necessarily have to have the superstar in that to win the cup, right? You just have to have no, somebody that I can think, get the job done. Yeah, but I think traditionally that people say that you can ride a hot goaltender to the cup. Right. Like, I think that that is, you know, it's it's been that way for decades. And to be fair, Vasilevsky was amazing. He still played awesome. He did. Like, really well. He did. And the difference between winning the Ranger series and losing the Avalanche series is the volume and quality of chances were so much better with the Avalanche. I mean, they just kept coming, throw everything on net, you know, whether it's, you know, McKinnon, McCarr, uh, Lincoln, they just kept coming. Yeah. And they didn't, Vesalus, he didn't face that in the Ranger series. That's how he got through. Vasilevsky right? faced a lot of shots in the Rangers series, but he never faced the kind of chances that Colorado got. True, but he, but even against Colorado, he was making saves that were ridiculous. Yeah, like it would have gone top shelf if it weren't for the edge of his blocker. Like that's how good he played, and that was the one thing that came through in that series. Is like you, you know, why Tampa won all those cups right, is because of his play. And I thought that Hedman went away in the in the, in the the last couple of games. Like, you didn't hear his name at all. Yeah, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot to be said for that, too. And I think, actually, Vasilevsky kind of learned from the Ranger series because in that Ranger series, all they talked about was, oh, go glove high on Vasilevsky. That's his kryptonite. That's it. And he seemed to cut that down. Against yeah. Colorado. You know, I mean, yeah. like I said, the Rangers played a really good series against them, and they did. They they put a ton of shots in, but there was nowhere near the type of chance, the high-danger chances right. that Colorado exactly. got, as opposed to the Rangers, was a huge difference there. Let me ask you something yes. about Vasilevsky. So, you know, obviously he had won two cups in a row up to, you know, the other night. But, man, he's playing so much, so much hockey. He's 27 years old, I believe. Now, do you think that going forward, Tampa Bay has really got to put faith in like the backup goaltender, which it looks like it's going to be Brian Elliott for one more season because he has signed through next season. Do you think maybe it's a good idea to put Moose in some more games next year just to try to get him some kind of a rest? <coughs> Sorry. Yes. And I think that that would have been a great trivia question is name the two backup goaltenders. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right? I didn't know. Like, <laughs> He just wrote him out. And uh, I I don't necessarily think that it was reps 
that killed Vasilevsky. I think he still played amazing and could do that kind of volume and go that kind of deep. And, you know, people are already saying, well, you got the COVID cup, right? When there were no fans and then the coming back where there were some fans and then into this year where it was like hundred percent, everyone's back. And I'm not trying to say that the fans are the difference. However, they just haven't been playing in front of them. And to make a transition to the end of game six, like there were a lot of things that were going crazy for lightning. Sure. Right? Oh, absolutely. Like uh, uh, McDonough with the cross check that should have been a double minor. Maroon with the splash. And Manson. Yeah. That was, yep. that broke his stick. Yeah. That was pretty blatant. I yeah. Mean, even in a playoff oh. game, I didn't think. How do you turn your, something... how do you swallow the whistle on that? <laughs> Come no. on. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's games. I, I understand it. Like it's game six deciding game in the Stanley cup final. Sometimes it's easier to just go. Didn't see it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of hard when it's right in front of the net and the focus is all in front of the net. Right. (laughs) And then, I mean, uh, not to mention Stamkos after that McDonough cross check, slapping the puck across the ice. Oh, just happens to hit the ref skate. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Should have also been a game misconduct in a five minute. Sure. It was almost like something out of slap shot. 100%. (laughs) And, you know, it looked so innocent, but he was looking right at the ref. Right. He did. He was almost waiting. He's like, oh, Jesus. And then, like, you see the speed at which that puck exited the ref's gate. And you're just like, wow. (laughs) That was not an easy tap. I'm just giving it to him for the face off. Right. Like, he was upset. And then the Kucherov thing. Yeah. Right? I'm certain. And to bring it back around and to frame it. So with, I mean. It was like 25 seconds left. seconds, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Kucherov broke a stick, went to the equipment manager who did not have a fresh stick for him. He throws his gloves one at a time at the equipment manager. <laughs> yep. And then just quits. Yeah. Just like, I'm done. Why not just grab somebody's stick off the bench and say, give me your stick. You're not coming out. I'm staying out. You know, I mean that yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I actually think that uh the frustration boiled over and I think you could really see the the wheels starting to come off. Uh, it was a game five with the controversial overtime goal, right? That Kadri scored when there was, you know, too many avalanche on the ice. Although, if you looked at it, there was too many lightning on the ice as well. It was game four? Okay, oh, game four, you're right, yeah. Yeah. But they had the same thing here where they had too many men on the ice, and that was pretty clear. Well, you know, here's the thing, right? I mean, that's, you know, according to the NHL, that's basically, it's a subjective call. You know, you, it's up to the referees whether they think it's actually affecting, which, when you really look at it, it didn't. I mean, those guys were all towards the bench. And by the way, and I know Tampa Bay fans are going to hate me saying this, Uh but they didn't mind 
last year in the playoffs when the Islanders lost game seven because Tampa Bay scored with too many men on the ice. So kind of what, what goes around comes around kind of deal. I mean, that's, you know, that's the breaks. And, and you know, it, it stinks to lose that way. And I realized that they came back and they won game five in Colorado, which, by the way, kudos to them. Hey, that's what champions do, right? That's what they do. Uh, I think you you could definitely see Colorado was really gripping the stick very tightly that game. It was like, oh, my God, we got our home crowd. That's why it's almost like having the home crowd's a disadvantage. Because, like, oh, we don't want to screw it up in front of them. They're all here waiting to party. And we lost. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> right. But you and I, I mean, Scott, you and I were not not unanticipating that happening in game five. I don't, I don't even know what that means. That not unanticipating. Is that a double negative? That's the ultimate yeah. double negative right there. <laughs> and, and to be fair, Dave, I'm a writer. <laughs> You're fired. But, so he, he can make that up as he goes along. Yeah, well, I'm just like, what is he saying? <laughs> it's scary. It was anticipated. We knew that the champ... <laughs> we knew that the champs would make a push. Sure. And we knew it not only game-wise, but also when it came to game six, that we knew that they were going to be pushing. I mean, Colorado came out hard, too. Sure. They knew that to win it, they had to change things. But Tampa, they had won two cups. They know how to win. Sure. And I really felt that. I mean, I don't think that they should have gone up one nothing. I thought they'd go wire-wire, Colorado. But we knew Tampa was going to push, and they tried. Right. And it just, it just wasn't there. And, Scott, you'll say that they were tired. Sure. Oh, I think they were out of gas. They're out of gas the whole third period. They didn't do anything. Right. Oh, my goodness. But that was not <laughs> – I mean, that was all Colorado. Sure was. Yeah, they but they, they maintained what they've been doing all along, but Tampa yeah. Bay just stopped. Right, yeah. right. So let me ask you this. Uh, Cal McCarr, winner of the Consmite Trophy, is playoff MVP. Right Mm-mm. choice? Nope. No. Ooh. No. Love him. Best defenseman in the league. Should not have won the Consmite. Really? I mean, yeah, 100%. You can go uh, McKinnon, Niskuchin. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, they both had a heck of a playoff. You're right. I mean, I, Run-wise, I mean, just they were dominant players. Makar played solid. He made some, I mean, even in that last game, big mistakes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But youth, I think that youth contributes to that a lot. Sure. Like the lack of experience and just like, you know, it re- that third period in game six really reminded me of the Capitals when they won the cup and just like dump it, get the puck deep, stop them on D. Yep. Don't even let them out. Exactly. And that's how you win cups. And we've seen it for decades. All teams, when it's a clinching game, you put the puck deep and fight them out of the zone. Pretty much. Pretty much. Right. And I think that Makar was trying to push things a little more than he should have. And that's what cost him the first goal in game six. And I I just didn't think that his play warranted that. I mean, I, I think he's a great player. I think that he's going to be probably 
a Hall of Famer at some point. <laughs> But I don't think he deserved the cons mine. Well, I don't know, Drew. The phone's ringing right now, and I think that's Cal McCarr calling to disagree with you, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. <laughs> Phones are ringing off the hook. Here we go. Uh, I, or it was the Tampa Bay fans calling because well, of yeah, previous. Probably, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He calls. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'll tell you, to me, there was really no clear-cut winner of nope. the cons There was a lot of just apples to apples to apples to apples, right? And it's like I text you, Cal McCarr was living his absolute best life the other night, right? Stanley Cup the winner, Con Smythe winner, just won the Norris a few days prior. So, you know what? I, I think, like, and especially when, when voters look at that, I think you, there's a lot of recency bias, of course, because you're in the finals. That's what's most fresh in your memory, right? right? So when they're all going through and they're looking, they're like, oh, well, you know, McKinnon, I think, had, what, 25 points or 27, something like that. Uh, McCarr was right up there with him. Nishkinen was a goal-scoring machine, but he didn't really have many assists. Lekkinen was a beast on defense and had the timely goals, but the stats didn't jump off the page, right? So I think a lot of them are like, well, <laughs> you know what? This kid's having the greatest week of his life. We might as well just add to it, right? Because at yeah. that point, what's the difference? Because like I said, yep. to me, there wasn't any one single player from either side, really, that stood out that said, you got to give this player the Conn Smythe. You know, it's not like, well, it's like in the 87 finals when, you know, even though the Flyers lost in seven to the Oilers, they gave it to Ron Hextall because Hextall stood on his head the entire playoff and was the only reason that they were there to begin well, with. So Right, but I would actually almost say that I don't like it to give it to the losing team, but Stamkos played bananas. Yeah, he did. Like, he did. He was just putting the puck in the net. And I look at it as like, um, I, don't, I don't know how you call it, like danger value. Right. Right. When you're on the ice, is the other team in danger? And I think that for large periods of time that McCarr disappeared. And I think that that was the same with Hedman, right? For large periods of time. And as a defenseman, it's really hard to like, I mean, you're reliant on your forwards to put pressure on and it depends on what line is out when your D line is out. And uh, I just think that I, I didn't think that his playoff performance warranted the cons mind. But see, I, here's the thing though. He had, like I said, he was right there along with Stamkos and McKinnon. As far as points go, Stamkos and McKinnon are both forwards. They're centers. Yeah. That's their job. That's what they're supposed to do is put points up, right? So McCarr's doing this from the blue line, which makes that, to me, just as much impressive, even though you're right. There were times, especially in the early going of that Tampa series, where Tampa seemed to figure out how to slow him down, just got in his way, really. Well, not even slow him down, but just make him play his position. Right. Right? Right. Stop people from scoring, move the puck forward, and and that's it. I mean, I, and that's the value of McCarr generally. Is that he's not just a he, he can move the puck, but he can also score. So you have the two th elements that people say, well, are you a puck moving defenseman or are you a scorer? And McCarr fits both both bills. Right. hundred percent. I just didn't think that he he was exceptional enough in the playoffs to win the consmite. Fair enough. Fair point. Uh, of course, we also know that the uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs are more or less a battle of attrition. Uh, I don't know if you saw some of the injury list that has come out now. Uh, Burakovsky? 
broken ankle in four places yeah. in his thumb? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that what Kadri went through to come back, yep. uh, Braden Point trying to play through a, a torn quad. Uh, did you see Val Nishkinen's ankle, by the way? It was yeah. all purple. His oh, foot, his entire foot was yeah. dark purple. <laughs> you know, the guys are playing with torn meniscus. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't care what anybody thinks, hockey players are far and away the toughest players in all sport. No doubt about it. Because they just they, they will put their bodies on the line to win that cup. They don't care. You know, we'll worry about the surgery and all that afterwards. Yep. I'll be able to walk again sometime. Don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> it's a. <laughs> but Drew, now that it's all over with, and we're heading into the off season, both teams are facing some free agency questions, and it's kind of like it's a it's kind of like a, a weird dynamic here, right? So I'm going to start with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay right now technically is over the cap. Okay, so they're well, going to they got to clear some space. They've been over the cap for years. Well, that's true. That's true. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to see what kind of gymnastics. Of course, they got um, they got Brent Seabrook's uh, LTIR for the next two years, but that doesn't kick in until the, the season officially starts. They got to get below the cap yeah. before the start of the season, and that's what. But anyways, uh, unrestricted free agents. They got Andres Palat is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Nick Paul, who was great for them in this playoff. He really was. And Jan Ruda, who's a very good uh, depth defenseman. Somebody is still going to have to go because I don't know how they're going to do this to get Palat back because you got to decide right now if you're Palat, do you want to stick around with this team that, to me, he's going to have to take less money, money. but they're no longer a guaranteed cup winner in in my eyes. Don't it's, get me wrong. What it's, it's a rebuilding year. No, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But. No. I, hear it, I hear it coming. I go, whoa, no, I wait coming. a second here. Hold on. Hold on. Going to meet that cap and go into a rebuilding year. They'll be back in two. But the problem with Tampa Bay is, I mean, they're still going to be a very good team. There's no reason why they shouldn't make the playoffs this or this coming year or the year after. But within about, within about two or three years, they're going to face a reckoning because, you know, after a while, trading away first-round picks, trying to stay in that window, trying to stay under the cap with the cap, the cap gymnastics, it catches up to you, right? So their their miners, their their pipeline is pretty diluted right now. To be honest with you, hmm. they got some yeah, decent players guys, in Syracuse, but they don't yeah, have. Right. You guys see a lot of that because you see Syracuse, right? You see who's coming right. up. Guess what? We don't see Andre Vasilevsky anymore. We don't see Brayden no. Point anymore. Even Anthony no. Sorelli, right? So. You know, that's eventually this is going to come crashing down, and if you're if you're Palat, who I believe is twenty or twenty nine or thirty years old right now, I, I got to look it up. If somebody's going to offer him money, which I think somebody will, because I, I'm going to tell you right now, a guy like that is very valuable to a team. He really is. Now, whether his scoring touch is a result of being pretty much on Stamkos and Kucherov's line a lot or what remains to be seen, but he's just still a, an outstanding defensive player. And there are teams out there that have got money to spend. If you're Palat, do you take that big money and say, you know what? I won my two cups. I'm good. I want to live comfortably for the rest of my life. And this is my last chance to do it. That, that's a, for sure, yes. Right? Or do you, uh, do you say, sure, well, yes. hey, listen, yeah. guys, I want to keep the band together. I want one more shot at this, especially the way we lost. I want revenge. You know, I'll take a, a, a hometown discount or even, you know, a lot maybe a one- or two-year contract, even though I can't possibly see him doing that. 
No, but plot is actually 31. Okay, oh. there you go. Oh, even older. There you right. go. Big difference. Mm -hmm. Over the hump. And he's right. He's been there for a while, and I say that as way old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not in hockey years, but in lot. In hump years. Yeah, yeah. And, it just, it, it, and it's bad timing for him because the the UFA market this year is ridiculous. Like so many superstars are kind of top heavy, kind of yeah, top heavy, very top heavy. But I mean, but Drew Malkin, Subban, Giroux, Giroux, Claude Giroux is like I mean he was a rental. Yeah, you're right. But Malkin's right. also over 35 years old, so I don't know if somebody's going to throw gigantic money at him. They were talking about the caps. Yeah, did you hear? I heard that too. I, I heard that. I heard it's that, the same but reason that Flurry wouldn't come here, it's like but <laughs> too close of a rival. Well, actually, I'm going to bring the Capitals up again in just a minute. But as far as uh, a plot goes, don't forget there's only a few teams out there that got a lot of cap space to spend cap too, because everybody's yeah. up against the cap still. So, yep. from what I'm hearing now, of course, who knows how true it is, but the Seattle Kraken are going to have a lot of cap room. And apparently they are interested in getting better because they, their their approach this season didn't quite work out as as they thought it was going to. Uh, apparently, apparently you do have to put the puck in the net in this game. I don't know I, why. I know. Weird, right? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But, <laughs> but it would be interesting to see like a, a plot reunited with a Yanni Gord, who yeah. is their de facto number one center right now. And played with him for a number of years in Tampa. Yeah, and they were on the same line for a while, too. Yep. So it, it's yep. going to be interesting. I just, I, honestly, and again, never say never, but I just don't see how they're how the Lightning end up keeping somebody like Plot. Which means that a guy like Hagel, who they gave up two first-round picks to get, is going to have to step up because, honestly, Brandon Hagel was not that impressive in the playoffs. No, but he played well in the playoffs. Not two first-round picks well. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so no. yeah, I mean, he's a type, he's the type of guy that's got to be the future. And yeah, and I don't think that that's a move that wins them cups. Right? No, no, I don't think not. so either. I don't think so either. I think he was meant to come in and be that part of a strong third line yeah. that every team yep. needs to win the cup, and it just you know. But I mean, I, mean, I won't say it didn't work out because job. they got to the final. Yeah. <laughs> you know. He's, you know. It, again, blocking shots doing his job and skating a regular shift. Right. And he was great at that throughout this playoffs, not just in the finals. He right. was amazing. Um, but you are exactly right. Not two first rounders. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Now, on the flip side of the coin, you got the defending champion, Colorado Avalanche, who some think have got a dynasty in the works here. However... And they've got $25 million to spend this offseason. Seems like a lot of money, right? Have you given them my address? <laughs> no, not yet. But oh, I can. Right. <laughs> and they're going to pay you in drumsticks. <laughs> right. Well, if they look at my slap shot, you know, we, yeah, yeah. they'll sure. be calling me. Okay. Well, if you say so. <laughs> no beer league stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> but check out this list that Colorado's got to resign from just this team that won the cup. Nazem Kadri. Darcy Kemper, He's going to the caps. Val Nishkinen, Josh Manson, Andre Burakovsky, Arturi Lekkinen, uh, Darren Helm, and Andrew Cagliano. 
that $25, that $25 million just disappeared in a hurry. Yeah. Now, granted, they don't really need to get better in the offseason, but they got to try to retain who they, you know, who they have. And I'm going to tell you right. something. I think Nazem Kadri gets paid. Yeah, he's going elsewhere. And, and I keep I've hearing heard, the caps too. Yeah, I've I've been hearing the caps, and, and I hate to say just hearing. Um, <laughs> the hockey press has been saying potentially to the caps. I think that Kadri ultimately is a rental. And good for him for winning the cup. But I think that the Avalanche were hurt more without Burakovsky being there than they were without Kadri being there. So, and I think that those things overlapped enough that it was Burakovsky got hurt, Kadri came back. And I think that it actually hurt them that that trade off. Right. Right. Burakovsky, speed, skill, chemistry, and Kadri, solid, good player. Mm-hmm. But I think Burakovsky gets paid. I think Kadri moves. Helm is grit. And I think that you can get grit where you need it. Right. So maybe he's back in Colorado. And Cagliano is just like a long-term, like veteran presence. He's the one-year deal guy. Yeah, he's just going to sign a series of one-year 100%. deals. Hundred percent. Like, yeah. I mean, where does he want to live? Where does right. he want to retire? Like, I think that's fair. If I'm the Abs, the the names that jump out to me on that list are Josh Manson for starters. There's you got to have solid defensemen, and boy, I tell you, that's people overlook just how solid that Colorado defense core is. That's oh. really what got them there, to be honest with you. Exactly. That's it's what got them there. It's hard. not all the it's, flash, it's not, right? Yep. I mean, look at that that lineup that they've got, right? So, to me, Manson, you got to make every effort to keep. Honestly, a guy like Lekkonen, he was phenomenal for them. And, again, it goes back to what we've always talked about, right? It's so hard to win a Stanley Cup without having a solid third line. Yep. And Lekkonen's another one of those ultimate third-liner guys who you got to have. Because you can have all the flash you want in your top six. That's great. But if you can't shut the game down when you need to, after all the your flashy goal scorers have done their thing, well, if you can't shut it down, ask the Edmonton Oilers how that works out. Hmm. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, being a Caps homer, do we have to talk about Devontae Smith-Pelly? Yeah, right. Right? Right. Lars Eller. Right. Like, these guys are depth step-up Look guys. what Nick Dowd does for you guys. Yeah. So, it's, it's it, it, listen, Kadri and the Abs were the perfect marriage this season. He had a very good season with them, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, but, again, Kadri is kind of almost in that Palat situation, right? This is his last chance, really, to, yeah. to cash in. So you can't blame him for going to hit the market, especially with the season that he just had. Who wouldn't do that? I certainly would. Why not? Cup. And he yeah. has his cup. Exactly. So, That's what I mean. So like he's not chasing like he's not he doesn't have to chase to a winner. No. Right? No, he he's doesn't he doesn't owe the Colorado Avalanche anything and the Colorado Avalanche don't owe him anything. It's like, hey, no. this great this was great. This worked out. You know, we'll see you in about ten years when we're celebrating the tenth anniversary of this cup and you can come back <laughs> right. to Ball Arena and it's gonna be awesome, you know? Or Ball Arena, sorry. <laughs> uh but Ball, Ball I I I think in place Bell. 
<laughs> yeah, Montreal. I thought it was like ballerina and you had people dancing out there. I didn't, no, no not, okay, not right. yet anyway. Not yet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but you're right. I think Kadri does. I, I'm, I'm telling you, especially with, with Backstrom's career probably being done. Jeez. It wouldn't. No. No. Uh-uh. You're not ready uh-uh. to accept that yet, huh? Uh-uh. We're not saying that. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, you know, I was thinking that, you know, next week we, we really do need to cover this whole free agency topic because that does start yeah. July 13th. So, you know what? We'll save all this for next week. I'll, I'll let you... Uh, I'll let you simmer down. Don't let me right. I'll let you. I, I'll, I'll let you. Anything about hip resurfacing? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that next week too. Uh, in the meantime, though, this week is the NHL draft. Uh, starts Thursday night from Montreal. Montreal. That's what I was talking. That's why I got so you know I got thinking ahead. I was kind of like the dog that starts running too fast when the, like, the front legs are moving too fast for the back legs. That's what I haven't seen dogs like that. Where do you see those dogs? Go downtown. You'll see them sometimes. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you. Not a doubt. I don't know. If if I am regularly doing this podcast, like, we need to do remotes. Like, we should be in Montreal. I know, right? I know. I know. That's... Dave, I'm looking <gasps> at you. <laughs> I, I know. That's I why t- I was looking out that way. <laughs> I potentially had a chance to go up and cover the draft up in Montreal. Oh, for... This draft? Yeah. And I'm on duty. I couldn't. I couldn't go. Damn. Yeah. Tell me all about it. Depressing. That would have been awesome. But the hometown Canadians have the number one overall pick. But the big talk is centering around the New Jersey Devils and the number Devils. two pick. Yep. So I'm curious, should the Devils move that pick? Because here's the deal, right? They have got a ton of young talent in their prospect pool. They're bursting at the seams with it, really. Um, but they need they definitely need to get some established talent right now, especially a goal-scoring winger. they got to get one. Because I can tell you, you know, obviously living here near Utica, the Comets are the Devils' AHL affiliate. And the New Jersey fan base is starting to get very frustrated because the talent is coming and they're used to winning by, you know, by virtue of the virtual dynasty that New Jersey had for 10 to 12 years. But hard times have hit just like they do to every NHL team. And they want to see a better product put out in the ice. Well, the better product comes along with putting a a goal-scoring winger Especially on Jack Hughes' line. Oof, you imagine that? Because yeah. Jack Hughes, by the way, was for real. <laughs> remember remember back in 2019, everybody was like, well, should they take Hughes or should they take Capocacco? Well, right, but that, that he question was, not was answered. To Utica. No, 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 no. That, no, not at all. But what I'm saying is, going, going he, is guys. he is yeah. a legit number one center now, yep. and Nico Heeshear is a legit 1B, for, for lack yeah. of a better term. So do the Devils make that deal? Do they trade that pick away to get that high-scoring winger? I think it's the right thing. I don't know if who they would want to trade with. It makes sense for them. They keep talking about Kevin Fiala from Minnesota. Because Minnesota is in ultimate cap hell right now. Right. They just want to dump salary. They have to. But you're not – with these entry-level deals – they're so low dollar. Right. That, like, I mean, if you sign Fiala, like you're talking minimum amount of money. Not Fiala. He's a he's an RFA. All right. And he's just oh, coming yeah. off a 90 oh, point season. Yep. He yep. he wants yep. money. That's why Minnesota's shopping him. They're like, we can't with 14 million, no, was it 14 or 12 million dollars in dead cap space from the Suter and the Parise buyouts for the season. They're, they're handcuffed. They're done. And, and I'm sure and they'd so, love to keep Fiala. But we're on the same page that Subban's not coming back. No, no. They've already said that. Right. They're, right, they're not paying him. So there's, what, and $9 million off the books? Is nine mil. Yeah, yeah. 
The Not Devils have got a lot of cap space available. So the question becomes, do you trade that number one pick and get a younger player like Fiala, who's already who's now proven that he can play in this league? Or, conversely, do you back up the Brinks truck to somebody like Philip Forsberg? <laughs> or the big name I keep hearing about is Johnny Goudreau because he's from New Jersey. But they're also going to be 28, I think it is, by the time the season starts. So right. you're sacrificing three years and you're going to be paying them top dollar. And, of course, that's always the big risk every year free agency, right? Who's going to get paid? Who's going to get the $7 million contract or the seven-year contract that is going to be terrible in four years? But it helps us now. So, to me, if you're if I'm the Devils, it makes more sense to me that with a team that's loaded with talent like that, instead of backing up the Brinks truck, like I said, to give it to a Forsberg or to a Goudreau, who, yeah, will make the team better now. But let's face it, the, the Devils aren't going to be a, a cup contender for a few years yet with all that talent. Why hamstring yourself? If you're going to pay money, pay it to somebody like Fiala, who's 25 years old, and it's going to be hitting their prime right when the rest of these guys are hitting their prime. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to term too, right? Like length of contract. Like pay him as much as you can now, but... I mean, you're not giving him a seven, eight-year deal. Fiala? We're talking under five. Yeah. Fiala isn't going to want a seven-year deal because he'll be able to hit free agency at age 27. Unrestricted free agency. So if he can keep it up, he's probably going to want like maybe a five-year deal at the most. Because that'll put him right into that 30-year-old window where he can still get one more big contract. I'm sure the Devils would love to lock him up. Trade for him and then lock him up to an eight-year contract because once once your rights are owned by the team you can give that extra year. Yeah. And that's the thing that I struggle with a lot, especially, you know, as a Caps fan, because when you bring up Philip Forsberg, which is a horrible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Sorry. Horrible. (laughs) This has not been Um, a good segment for you so far. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) Dave, I don't know if you're aware, but we traded away Philip Forsberg for Martin Erat straight up. (laughs) <laughs> and we had Forsberg on an entry-level deal. Yeah. <laughs> and Erat was, a, to be fair, a proven veteran. Like, he had played really well. He was garbage at the cat. <laughs> Horrible. Did that have and to do Forsberg with the line? Forsberg went on to be an all-star with Nashville. But that, so. did that have to do with the line around him, or was it just him? It's skill. I mean, okay. he yeah. was getting older, and Forsberg was maturing into playing really great hockey. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the well, Caps fan base saw him in all of these development camps, and they they were waiting for him to crack the starting lineup. Mm. Around the same time that Burakovsky, two-time cup winner now, um, was maturing into – playing really, really great hockey. And Forsberg has really just like carried that Nashville offense outside of Yossi. But uh, just, I can't believe he's a free agent now. And some of the fan base here in Washington is saying, let's bring him back. (laughs) We can't pay him. How how are you going to? Yeah, you can't. We don't have the money. But you know, to be fair to Capitals management back then, Drew, Forsberg did not have that awesome mustache back then either. No, he didn't. <laughs> You're right. But he also didn't see uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, was just, I was just telling my wife, I ran into a bunch of uh, Naval Academy midshipmen 
that had the same mustache. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, there you go. Did, did we all see the same movie? Like, <laughs> it's a horrible mustache. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're definitely right. I think that this free agency season is going to be. I mean, there are teams that are going to get really great players. Ultimately, at a discount, only because the market's so rich. Well, I, I will tell you this: that I don't, I don't know how great this is going to be because it depends on what happens at the draft, and I'll tell you why. Because the Devils aren't the only team that's going to be looking to make a trade potentially. There are a few teams out there that are looking to move up to get other restricted free agents that are on the market. <clears throat> Alex Debrinket, <laughs> yeah. who's going to cost a ton. Jacob Chikrin from Arizona. You know, guys like that. So let me ask you something. Outside of the Devils, do you see anybody else making a splash at the draft? Because that's where the high draft picks get moved, right? Yeah, and I think that it's the people who are struggling with cap space that are going to make the biggest moves because they're all entry-level deals. So they're either going to move that move that pick and grab someone off the UFA list, or they're going to sign somebody to a low dollar deal. I mean, it it feels really weird to me to say that because, like, I love the skill and the game, but it's budget at this point, right? Yeah. If, if you have the money to spend you're going to shop the free agent market because it's so good this year. The free agent market is ridiculous. Yes, it's aging, but those are skilled veterans that are going to produce for your team. Or are you going to roll the dice on somebody who may or may not contribute? You know, I, I mean, just look back at, I, I look back at for one Jack Eichel, right? Dangerous on the ice. When you saw him play for Buffalo, Buffalo was a garbage team. But when he, when Eichel was on the ice, they were dangerous. Super dangerous. He produced high potential scoring chances. Whether it was him shooting or him passing, but the puck was in the zone. And I don't want to go into micro stats. <laughs> That's what we're calling it now. Not, uh, not fancy stats. We're calling it micro stats. Um he was just, he was great. And I think that there are people in the draft this year, particularly at the top, that could potentially contribute at that level. And it's, I think that it benefits teams closer to the cap to grab those guys and take a shot. Only because this year in particular, the UFA market is so strong. And I think that people who have a lot of cap space are going to look at those guys. I mean, they have to. Yeah, no, of course they have to. Naturally, they have to. But I'll tell you something. I think that these uh, twenty there's some 25-year-old RFAs out there that are actually more valuable, in my eyes, than the, the 27, 28-year-old unrestricted free agents. Because like I said, you're still getting that those extra three, you know, two, three seasons out of them before they hit their prime. And frankly, with that restricted free agent tag, they're they're under team control. So yeah, so even if you trade for say say the Devils trade the number two overall pick for Kevin Fiala, they get Kevin Fiala back, and Fiala says, "No, you know what? I don't want to sign with you." Well, he's still a restricted free agent. So if another team signs him, and especially for the big money he wants, 
the Devils but are going to get more than compensated back. Yep. So it's the huge advantage there. And I'm going to tell you something. With this draft coming up Thursday, watch a team like the L.A. Kings. And I know that sounds awful homerish. Everybody That's knows I'm a Kings fan. However, <laughs> <a> homer. however, <laughs> however, they they they're bursting at the seams with prospects. And see, I'm, I'm I tend not to get too attached to prospects because yeah, it's great to have a lot of you know high end prospects and high first round, but there's no guarantee that they're going to pan out in the NHL. It's still not a guarantee. Yeah. And the Kings are going to have some space available. So to me. Them making the playoffs this year, of course, ends the rebuild. That's it. We're done rebuilding. We made the playoffs. It's time to be a contender. Forget all yeah. these, you know, forget draft day drama as far as, oh, where's our lottery ball going to end up? Uh, you know. <laughs> I've been there. So, so I'm telling you, watch a team like them. Uh, they've been linked to Alex Brinka and Jacob Chikrin. So it's going to be a very curious thing to see what happens. And there's also chatter that since the free agency period for the unrestricted free agents, doesn't start until July 13th to watch for a team to make Nashville an offer for the rights to Philip Forsberg ah. to start negotiating with him before the window opens up. So I that'd mean, be interesting think, as well. I, and maybe it's only like uh, FOMO where I think that Forsberg can be even better than he's been in Nashville. Hell like, yeah. I really... I really think that he could be a superstar in this league. Um, I'm afraid that he's going to land with a crappy team. And just like, if he's the only guy, he's not going to produce. He's just not. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm sure he's going to be very careful about where he goes because he's probably going to want to, you know, obviously a shot at a cut before he retires too. Right. I mean, I think that that's a big part of it, right? It's like, how do you balance, um, a shot at winning against the money. Right. 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 Because somebody's going to dump a truckload of cash on this guy. Sure they are. And <laughs> it's his choice whether he wants to go for the truckload of cash or a shot to win. Right. And uh, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, just the other night, like uh, in our text chain, like, I cry my eyes out when the cup's awarded every year. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an interesting text, Jane, by the way. Right. <laughs> my kid leaves for seven weeks. I don't care. I mean, I care. <laughs> oh, God. this is why I got I interesting right here. This is why we record this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I care, but every time the cup's awarded, and you saw it dented. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. Down <laughs> he goes. <laughs> Other than one shining moment at the end of the NCAA basketball tournament, the handshake line and the celebration of uh, around the cup is amazing. Yeah. And I'm certain that Philip Forsberg wants to be part of that. Oh, absolutely. He wants to be in the room. He's not even, well, he came close with Nashville one year. Yeah. One year. Yep. So you're absolutely right. Well, I'll tell you what, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to commercial break. Uh, when we come back, we got the Hall of Fame to talk about. But first of all, I got a little bit of breakaway trivia for you because it's going to segue right into the Hall of Fame. Oh, it's, not, it's not the one we talked about, is it? Nope. I what, you guys are conspiring against me? Well, because <laughs> oh, well, because we can't compete with your Google on your phone. That's why. I'm going to have to do Google this one. <laughs> no, this one's actually really straightforward, cut and dry. All you got to do is guess a number. All, right. all I want to know is what year was Gordie Howe elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame? The answer, 
when we come back. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, the Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned business the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store, listen to our country music streaming radio station, or sign up for a weekly newsletter. Stop by today at MyFunFalls.com. You'll be glad you did. You like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just uh, visualizing just how, how pumped up that commercial gets yeah. me. By the way, did you ever notice that in that commercial, our friend, the doctor of hockey, Keith Labatino, is in there? I did. So I'm going to have coffee with him tomorrow. Drew, you got to meet this guy. He's amazing. Yeah, he's got some hockey knowledge. Yeah, and he's an Islanders fan, so you guys will get along real good. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I did not hate Trotz going to the Islanders yeah. at all. Yeah, I right. thought that was a great match. Stupid that they fired him. Pretty much. Boy, it's interesting, though. He's not going to be coaching this season. Yeah. Very interesting. All the money out there. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's just had yeah. enough. He just wants to go front office. Yeah. Anyways, let's uh, let's answer that breakaway trivia question. I'll give it to you one more time, just in case you forgot, Dave. No, I remember. Okay. What year was Gordie Howe elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame? Who wants to go first? Dave, go first. Yeah, yeah thanks, Drew. Mr. Carter! Mr. Carter! <laughs> 73. Okay. Drew? What year? What year? <laughs> no. Not was 73, his... dude. I, I it's playing... Dude, I don't what? know. It's And it's AD, by the way. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was using the Calderon. Yeah, you were, you were, yeah, looking, at using, you were looking at Roman numerals or something. I was looking at yeah, the right. Calderon. Caldonian I don't know. Calendar. Calendar. Yeah, that one. Um, I would say 91, maybe. 91? Okay. Yeah, Interesting. Maybe late. Nah, I'll go with 91. 91? Yeah. Dave almost got it. Dave almost got it. Dave almost got it. It was 1972. No. He was still playing. No, he wasn't. He retired from the from the Red Wings. <laughs> Uh, and then no. he came back to play. Uh, right. He came back to play with. He's going to no look way. it up with the WHA. No I was alive My, when he was still playing. I, I yeah, because he came back. We, right, because he retired from the Red Wings. Right, oh, and then he right. came back to play the WHA. <laughs> yeah, and then when the Whalers, yeah, right. joined, so I wondered why I got a dirty look from him because he. I didn't give you a dirty look. <laughs> yes, you did. No, because I didn't. you were thinking I looked it up or something. I didn't. Even, I was. I'm used near. to that by now. <laughs> so Scott, do you want to tell us how much? Uh, Liquid the uh, cup holds. Oh, we got it. You know what? I gotta, I gotta get a hold of Kevin Shea. He would know that. Really? Or did you find out? In, in gallons or liters? Oh, I didn't. You didn't? Okay. <laughs> All right. Remind me. That'll that'll be breakaway trivia for next week. So everybody's got a chance to think about it for oh, an entire week. Everybody's got to be. They're, they're going to be Googling it. it. They're just going to Google it. Yeah. yeah right. Is it out there? On Google? I don't know. I don't well, know. you're the Google master. Go I'm ahead sure. and find yeah, out. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, yeah, Mr. You, Google over here. You guys, are, you guys are busy playing, so. <laughs> it's now Dave the Google Warner. So. <laughs> <laughs> All 
So, Drew, the latest Hockey Hall of Fame class has been announced for 2022, and it includes the Sedin brothers, Daniel Alfredson, Roberto Luongo, uh, Rika Salonen, and Herb Carnegie. Uh, I think they hit the nail right on the head with all these inductees, uh, every single yeah. one of them deserving to get in. I How- think so, and I think it's super interesting that Alfredson played with the Sedins on the <laughs> Swedish teams, and... The Sedins played with Luongo in Vancouver. Yeah. Like there's this weird kind of meshing of people uh, going in this year. I, I, I think it's a good class. I think it's deserving. I think it's really hard to like separate the Sedins. Like, what do you say? <laughs> One's better than the other. I mean, would they have been Hall of Famers if they had played, you know, one had played in Vancouver and one had played in Florida? I don't know. Right. <laughs> the numbers are there. It supports them. So I I think it's a good cl- I mean, Alfredson, no question. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. I mean, and he played on so many just bad teams, right? I know. Just Poor guy. <laughs> and, and, right. And just contributed and did amazing. Hold on, um, hold on. I got to cut you off for just a second because Dave's gonna Dave's gonna burst if I don't let him talk here. Hold on a second. Right, it looks like burst. a water balloon that's getting overfilled. Because so. I know that anybody who would be listening and who looked this up, it's hilarious. So it's not how much does it hold, and they're calling us now to let us know. It's it, you know you're thinking water, whatever. No, they measure it in cans of beer. Yes, they yes. measure it in cans of beer. How many cans uh-huh. of beer does the Stanley Cup hold? It's fourteen. Really? That's <laughs> yeah. it. Wow. That's a, yeah, wow. I know. I was thinking that's not a Man. lot, but maybe it's you know. Big, huh. big cans. Well, you know what though? I suppose though you, you got to be able to do that because you got to be able to party all night with it. And if you put too much in at one time, that could kill the party. But I just thought that was so hockey to it measure is. it in cans That's of beer. That's <laughs> amazing. But what size cans of beer? Is it 12 ounces? Is it 16 ounces? Right? 12 ounces. Yeah. Yeah, probably 12 ounces. Interesting. I, I, that's all I could find. I couldn't find anybody measuring We need our, it. We need our are, own cup. Gallons are liters. That's what we need, our yeah, own cup right we here. Need, we need one. Well, we do, except they're super expensive. Well, yeah. Correct. Well, that's, Let listen, I, I just said we one. needed one. I didn't say anything about paying for it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, back to the Hall of Fame, though. I mean, that's, uh, that, you know what? It, it's funny, that little connection. It reminded me of, like, that Six Ways to Kevin Bacon game. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 100%. But, uh you know, like, I, we're both in agreement. Every single one of these inductees absolutely deserve to get in. However, every year there's always players that get snubbed for whatever reason. So I'm going to go down a list here for you. And I got their stats available if you want them. But Wait, is this their, their last year of eligibility? I think next to last year. Okay. So I want you to let me know which of these players you think should be in and which of them, eh, rightfully so, not in yet. So, first up is Alex McGilney, Curtis Joseph, Rod Brindamore, Jeremy Roenick, Pierre Turgeron, Keith Tuchuk, and Gary Suter. Woof. Who is getting the I, shaft? I don't know, but I, I'd skate with those guys on my line all day. Uh, it's, it's really tough. I think JR has gotten a bad, uh, a bad rap because of his post-hockey career. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps. Like he has a PR problem, just a little one. Uh, just a- <laughs> Brindamore will have more chances uh, being in the front office and management, so it's okay that he's not in there because he may 
ultimately end up in there um, from a leadership standpoint, I think. Um, Kachuk, it's fine. Like, I don't have a problem with him missing out at all. Like, he has good numbers, long career, really tough, nails guy to play against. Hall of Famer, I mean, where do you put the stick? Yeah, you know, right? I, I don't think I don't think Kachuk is there, but Gilney is a really tough one. The one um, that the, the two that jump out the most, and you know what, you're you're right with Jr. Now he's a 500 goal scorer. Yeah, and usually that's a pretty good shot you're going to get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but he's not. You know who else? You got Keith the Chuck, who scored 538 goals in his career, right? You would think oh, should be a surefire Hall of Famer. He's not. You know who else? Really, you know, you know who surprised me on this list, and I didn't think he had these kind of numbers, but he does. Pierre Turgeon. So in 1,294 games played, he's got 515 goals, 812 assists for 1,327 points, and he's not yeah, and in. He's got, yeah, and I. Don't think that he was a top liner wherever he wherever he's been. I well, think he started he out was, as, but I mean there was all yeah. kinds of pressure from coming out as the number one overall coming out right. of the draft. But I know? think that he was a significant contributor, not playing against top defensive lines for a long time in his career. Right, and uh, you're right. Like that's that's a shocker. Like I, I would have never guessed his numbers. No, no. If you want to talk about trivia, I would have never guessed 1,400 points. Right. For him. No, like, not at all. ridiculous. That is a – that's a rack of points. I knew JR had the points. I know that he has a PR problem. Yeah, oh, yeah. No doubt. Right. <laughs> yeah. no, um, no doubt about it. Yeah. I tell you, the, the two that are really the big ones, though, for me are McGillney and Curtis Joseph. So yeah. McGillney's numbers – listen to this. Now, I just read you those guys, you know, Pierre Turgeon, Keith Tuchuk, they, you know, Ronick, they've all played at least 1,200 games in this league, right? Alexander McGillney played 990 games, and he had 473 goals, 559 assists for 1,032 points. 473 goals yeah. in 990 games played, and they don't put him in the Hall of Fame. And the impact that he had on the game, because if you recall, he defected. Because yeah. the Soviet Union was still yeah. had that iron yeah. ironclad hold on players at that time, and he said, "No, I, I am not going to play your game. Where you know I'm going to stay in the Soviet Union and play until I'm 33, so that I can get tossed in the NHL. You know, sort of like what happened with Slava Fetisov, right? Yeah. Where you're going to play when you're in your 30s, but no, I'm going to go over now when I'm young and I can make make big money. And he risked his life to do it. That in itself, right? and, and then to put up those kind of numbers and not be in the Hall of Fame. Are you kidding? Yeah, uh, he's one that I remember growing up just like thinking of him as, again, like we just talked about earlier, when he was on the ice, dangerous things happened. Sure. Right? He was dangerous. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think I don't think that uh, Keith Kachuk was the same way. I mean, I think he was took advantage of situations where he was on the ice and the puck f finds people. But McGillney creates that the same way that I think that McDavid creates it. And I was totally wrong on my MVP pick. 
Boy, <laughs> I'm gonna that one surprised that. me. You can chirp me all day long. That one in the Norris, um, that really surprised yeah. me too, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah me too. I thought yeah. that I thought that was Yossi's for the taking. I really did. 100%. And I think that some of it was, I mean, and I know the voting was done before the playoffs, but like watching Makar, like how can you not pick him? But like you and I both said, I mean, he was, Yossi was such a giant part of mm-hmm. your offense. Absolutely. It was, it was bad. But in the same way that I think that Kachuk, I don't think should be there. I think that he was an opportunist, but I think that McGillney was a creator. Right. right? Because Which is a giant change. I don't think you absolutely. can give him, I mean, he, you don't get Hall of Fame points for defecting and no, all no, stuff but that's going on in your personal life. No, like, not at all. But still, it's, it still made an impact on the game. It's and a, it really oh, opened the floodgates. Yeah, you know, between sure. him and Fedorov, right? Yeah, and you know, it's interesting with Tuchuk is now you make me think, right? I don't recall Keith Tuchuk playing on a lot of bad teams. It always no. seemed like he always wound up on a very good team, uh, right? Yep. Whereas exactly McGillney, right. you know, Buffalo was good back then, but they weren't that they were, great. And then right. you know, so uh, the other one I want to talk, Curtis Joseph. Okay, now listen. I, Roberto I Luongo absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, Roberto Luongo's career numbers are 1,044 games played, 489 wins, a 919 save percentage, a 2.52 goals against average, and he had 77 career shutouts. Curtis Joseph, excuse me, played in 943 games. He had 454 wins. He had a 906 save percentage, a 2.79 goals against average, and he had 51 shutouts. Now, keep in mind... Curtis Joseph didn't play on a lot of good teams in his career, but Curtis Joseph was lights out. I mean, yeah, he he was definitely played on some good teams in St. Louis. Uh, he helped backstop, I believe it was the Oilers, right, to the, the cup final yep. in 06, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but let's face it, the, the teams that he played on in Toronto weren't exactly tr- were, defensive yeah. stalwarts, okay? So, <laughs> they were struggling. Man. Sure. They're just like, Curtis, you're on your own. <laughs> but how much of that is just like the, uh, the the Toronto market? Like, we are so aware of Cujo. And, I mean, not to compare him to Luongo, but Luongo is kind of a journeyman. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Florida, Vancouver, uh, it's across continent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Countries. Like, you're from the southernest most point of Florida. All the way up to you know that's true that's true this point i think that there's a again same thing with jr a pr thing right it's like mm. is he the best guy is he not i think that cujo played on enough bad teams that it hurts his chances at the hall yeah i think there, there's something to be said for that and i think if where i think cujo really suffers is in that class of goaltenders that he played with at that time, too. Oh, geez. You know, when you're playing in the shadow of, like, Marty Brodeur, Patrick Waugh. Hashik. Hashik, Eddie Belfour. Oh. Right? That's just to name a few. Those guys are all obviously well-deserving Surefire Hall right. of Famers, and, and, I, and I totally agree that Bobby Lou should be in. Roberto Luongo. Yep. I totally yep. agree. But when you're in that, and I, and, I, and I guess the best way to put it is in their shadow. That's yeah. awful hard to break that because people yeah. just kind of put that, well, those five guys are the top in that particular era. Yeah, yeah, Curtis, he was great, but he's not those five. Yeah, 
You're right. It it, right. it 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 does become like a perception problem. If you look at the right. numbers, if you look at the numbers against other people who are in the hall, you're just like, yeah, of course he belongs there. Sure. But if you just look at it without framing it with the other dudes around him, he's in. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh so, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it gets super weird. Yeah, yeah. There's no no doubt about it. Super weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, overall, I think they they pretty they they did very well as far as the uh, the selection committee goes. Yeah, I think their picks are good. <clears throat> like I said, I think that the Sedins, I think separately, had they gone to different teams, I mean, it's like you and I going to the same team. We'd be right. awesome. Oh yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? We'd be <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this show. We'd be living in a mansion somewhere. Around. Easy. Right. I, I think that that. I think that that was a huge advantage for both of them. And well, if you recall, there was a story they weren't going to come over unless they they could play together. Yeah, unless they could play and together. And Brian Burke, who was the uh, general manager and president of uh, hockey operations for the Vancouver Canucks at the time, pretty much moved heaven and earth to get the picks to be able to get them together. And boy, I tell you, it almost paid off in in 2011. Yeah. It almost did. Yeah. It really did. It very close. Although Brian Burke now on the hot seat in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I know. Well, what a, I think fair. I think Berkey puts himself in the hot seat sometimes <laughs> just because I think he just likes 100%. it. You know, and, and that's and that's I actually you know back to the Hall of Fame discussion is the Sedins. I think if they play separately, I don't think that they're exceptional. I think they're great players. I think you love to have them on their team on your team, but. If, unless they're together, it's not the same. Right. They're not Daniel Alfredson. No. Right? No. And so while I applaud the Hall for picking them, I think that it warrants uh, a footnote. Like, <laughs> they played together. They were great. But if they had played separately, they'd be great. Yep. We Maybe just don't know. Maybe not Hall of Fame worthy. Exactly. We don't just know. don't know. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. Well, Drew, this has been fun. This has been, and it, you know, it's so sad to see the season come to an end. Uh, the but, worst day of the year, worst and best. It almost, try the cup getting awarded, and then what am I going to watch? It almost feels like Mr. Rogers. Remember when that used to end? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 uh, it's over. One more thing before but, we go, and I know we'll Dave has to go. <laughs> the coaching situation in Boston. Oh. I've heard. Uh, my boy Jeff Halpern in the mix, and Stephen Leach. He'd be a great choice. Uh, Cooper's right hand man, yep. Cooper, who whined after every call, but to his credit, oh boy, did he ever. also said to the press that it is what it is when the referees make the call. But I think that Halpern and Boston, nice match. You got to talk to Connor about that. Well, you know, I'll tell you something. That it, it looks like uh, Patrice Bergeron is going to come back on a one-year deal, so that helps everything out, too. They say Pasta wants out. Well, Pasternak wants out. That remains to be seen. You know, that's I, it's 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 kind of an ugly situation in Boston right now, too. And I'm I'm, yeah. I'm shocked that Don Sweeney got extended as general manager, given the, uh, yes. the apparent uh, miscommunication <laughs> between him and Cam Neely as <laughs> far as uh, what they want. You're good. You're going to be fine. So, um, you're fired. You're fired. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> so ridiculous. You're exactly right. Yeah. I, 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 
only wanted to keep that. I had that as like a footnote in my notes. I just wanted to say like that situation is a show. Oh yes. <laughs> and it's only going to get better. Worth watching. <laughs> worth watching, worth paying attention to 100%. It's going to be must see TV. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Well, like I said, Drew, this was fun. And again, like I said, it's, it's like the end of Mr. Rogers, but we will be back next week because we got a lot of free agency stuff to talk about. Oh, geez. Yep. And, you know, what what's going to go down at the draft this weekend and all that. So we promise you we will be back without a shadow of a doubt. Right. So you know where to find me. Absolutely. Right absolutely. And now, like I said, poor Chad, he's going to have to figure out something yep. to do for the offseason. Yep. But that's know, okay. I don't know who's going to bet on now. <laughs> He'll find something. Don't you worry. <laughs> He's got to listen to the end to hear it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, for Drew Bray, for Dave the Save Warner, I'm Scott Kinville. We want to thank you for listening. Just remind you that you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And to please subscribe to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. So anyways, like I said, thanks for listening. And we will see you next week on Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast.